Welcome to the Thy Word is Settled in Heaven radio broadcast brought to you by Cary Baptist Church. We're in Athens, Alabama. I'm Pastor Ben Donahue. I want to thank you for joining today. Let's get into the sermon. Brother, today we continue in our series in the book of Acts. Today we're in Acts chapter 2. We'll read about half of the chapter. We'll have time for that. We'll see Peter preaching at Pentecost. He'll be preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's begin in verse 1 of chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these that speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea, Cappadocia and Pontus, Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and the parts of Libya about Cyrene, strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do all hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying to one another, What meaneth this? Others, mocking, said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it but the third hour of the day. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and signs and wonders, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh did rest and hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. 
Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. For David is not ascended unto the heavens, but he said himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ." Brethren, we'll stop reading there. That's verse 36. We're over halfway through chapter 2. We're going to go through this chapter and notice that on the day of Pentecost, the day when many people had gathered for this festivity, many people from outside of Israel had come long distances. People of all languages and cultures were there for this festivity. God has so ordained that these disciples would be given the gift of the Holy Spirit, that they could communicate in the language of these visitors the truth of God and the gospel of Christ. Thousands of men were there and they're amazed to hear their own home language being spoken in this place by these Galilean followers of Jesus Christ. First thing we have on the day of Pentecost in chapter 2 is the mighty rushing wind that is the Holy Spirit revealing himself in a miraculous way to get the attention of the people. And then there were cloven tongues of fire sitting upon each of the disciples again to show that these men were ordained by God to speak his message. Then they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. The Holy Spirit gave them utterance to speak in the language of these other men that had come from long distances so that they would hear their language spoken so they could understand, so they can hear the works of God and the word of God and the testimony of these disciples in their own language. Now it says in verse 5, I want us to notice carefully a wording in the New Testament here. There were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation from heaven. Not just men out of every nation, but devout men out of every nation under heaven. Please mark that. I believe God had these men come to Pentecost that they would receive this message. The Holy Spirit would be preparing the disciples. So you have a prepared audience and you have a prepared speaker. These thousands of people came together. They saw this. We mentioned where they were from. And when they had come together, having seen the miraculous work the Holy Spirit had done on purpose, intentionally to gather this great crowd, then Peter stood up to preach. And Peter was ordained by Jesus Christ to preach on this occasion ordained, chosen, commissioned, and enabled to preach. Peter was, along with the other 11 disciples. says in verse 14, But Peter, standing with the 11, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my word. So here we have the beginning of Peter's first sermon after the resurrection of Christ. This whole book of Acts will be full of sermons. And Peter begins by quoting from the prophet Joel, saying that Joel prophesied of the days we're in now when God would pour out his spirit and men would prophesy. So Peter begins his sermon by quoting from the Old Testament, very similar to Paul when he would travel, go into the synagogues. He would often quote out of the Old Testament. And yes, the word of God is powerful. And our New Testament preachers preached out of the Old Testament. He says next, he moves on to the most important part after introducing the fact that the Holy Spirit coming was prophesied. He's going to speak about Jesus. Verse 22, you men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth. That's his subject. That's the true subject of every real gospel sermon is who is Jesus? What has he done for us? 
He's going to begin with Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs. Jesus spent three and a half years in Israel doing miracle after miracle, sign after sign. He revealed himself to be the very son of God. He said, you yourselves know these things because he was among you. Now I want to notice something really important in verse 23. It has to do with the foreknowledge of God. Verse 23, Jesus being delivered up by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Christ was crucified before the foundation of the world. God had ordained that his son one day would leave heaven. And has our sin bearer, as John the Baptist called him the Lamb of God, he would bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That was all done by the predeterminate counsel and foreknowledge of God. God can take the sins of wicked men and even those things he can turn into good things. And God knew ahead of time this would happen. He foreordained that it would happen. And this was something determined in the eternal counsels before the world was ever created. The scripture says so. It says Christ was crucified before the foundation of the world. That is in the eternal counsels hidden in the heart of God, unknown to man, many eternal counsels were determined. This was one of them, that Christ must die on a Roman cross. Has our sin bearer, has our savior. The biggest fact and important fact of history is Christ taking our sins upon himself on the cross to pay for our sins that we would be released from them and have forgiveness and a home in heaven. And Peter's preaching that. He said that they crucified him with wicked hands. They were guilty. Then he says, whom God hath raised up. Yes, the gospel is the message of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. God raised him up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Verse 24. So Peter's preaching Jesus. He's preaching the foreknowledge and counsel of God. He's preaching his death, his resurrection. Then he quotes King David, who spoke of Christ dying, but not seeing any corruption. Verse 27, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. That's spoken by David many, many hundreds of years before Christ came to this world. And he prophesied of Christ not seeing corruption in the grave. Christ was in the grave three days and three nights. He said he was. And he saw no corruption. His body did not decay at all. He's speaking about David, speaking prophetically about Jesus being in the tomb. And Peter says, men and brethren, let me freely speak to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his loins, yes, Jesus would be a king descended from King David, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He's speaking of Jesus Christ resurrected to be on his throne. Christ did ascend up to heaven in the sight of all these apostles to sit on his throne in heaven. He rules and reigns in the hearts and lives of his people. He has a people. He is their king. Christ was resurrected to reign, and he does reign on his throne in heaven. Verse 31, he's seen this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did he see corruption, this Jesus hath God raised up, wherewith we are all witnesses. Now, that's an important statement. The disciples and apostles are witnesses to all that Jesus did in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. They're witnesses of the greatest fact in the history of the world, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And now, as a result of Christ's resurrection, ascension to the throne in heaven, 
Peter says that the promise of the Holy Spirit has come down, and this is what you have seen in the gift of us speaking in your languages, all you thousands of people. And now he says in verse 36, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Here's the bottom line. Jesus died, was buried, he rose again. This is the Christ. This is the Messiah. He is the Lord. He is sovereign. He is Christ. You know, the Jews had been looking for the promise of the Christ for many generations. And when John the Baptist came preaching powerfully, they were wondering, and maybe John the Baptist, was he the Christ? And John said, no, I'm not the Christ, but he's coming. The shoes of his feet I'm not worthy to unloose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That's what has happened in the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit has come down and has gifted these men to communicate. Remember, being full of the Spirit results in bold witness and the ability to communicate the truth as it is in Jesus, exactly what Peter did, exactly what these other apostles would do throughout the book of Acts. See, the book of Acts is about the disciples and apostles bearing witness to Christ. Jesus said in the first chapter, Acts chapter 1, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you that you may be witnesses unto me. So this is the first fulfillment of what Jesus said in chapter 1. Peter is a witness for Christ. Paul and Barnabas and Silas and Timothy and John and Apollos would be witnesses and preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Brethren, we're about out of time, but we want to summarize here. Peter preaches the first sermon that he's preached after the resurrection of Christ. He's chosen by God to do this. He's empowered by God to do this. He quotes from Joel and he quotes from King David from Old Testament scripture. His subject is Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension to the throne. And he has been made by God, Lord and Christ. Blessed are those who have Jesus, has their Lord and has their Christ. Brethren, we are out of time. We're going to have to close it up here. I want to thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Thy Word to Settle in Heaven radio broadcast. Brought to you by Cary Baptist Church. We're in Athens, Alabama. I'm Pastor Ben Donahue. Let me thank you for listening. We hope you join us again. Until next time, we'll say goodbye.